Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship Weekly Podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from Lead Pastor Jamie Miller. Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Father, shape us as we read Your Word. Mold us. Make us like Jesus, we ask. Lord, have Your way in us. Verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the Word of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Okay, so since Easter, we've been on this this little run here looking at resurrection scenes, just different resurrection scenes. Last week, it was John 20. Disciples locked up behind closed doors for fear of the Jews and all the emotions and things they were feeling and what happened when Jesus came and brought life to them and absolutely changed and rocked their worlds in that whole process. And so today, you know, we, we touch the human part again when you when you read verse 17, it kind of catches you off guard because you think if you see the resurrected Lord, hey, man, not a problem at all. I'm in there. He's there. He is. Wow. But some doubted. Isn't that amazing? It always has caught my eye for years. They worshipped Him, but some doubted. Doubted Him. Maybe they weren't ready to worship just yet. Not exactly sure. But they weren't, you know, something hadn't clicked yet. And the point I want to make here, just briefly, is that we all have to go through these phases of growth in life where we see more of Jesus, where He impacts us more. And, and I'm not where I was in college. Thank you, Jesus. Just, can you just like do a, a little wave or something? Thank, yeah, that's awesome. I'm not there because I've been kind of trying to walk with Him and I, I believe different things. I've, I've grown uh, hopefully more conformed to the image of Jesus on that journey. So it's a, it's a process. And, you know, the doubting thing is, you know, we experience it in different ways. Sometimes it's like, I don't know if I can, that's blowing my mind, you know, you know, what's happening. Sometimes it's just little things. It's, you know, they, maybe they, you know, they're there with him. He's the resurrected Lord. It's just awkward. They don't know what to do. Possibly. I don't know, but there's different levels of this. And so I want to just give you a couple examples. One is you just walk into a situation and things are awkward. Maybe it's not what you thought it was going to be. It's a little different. And so there's this moment of, Okay, I've got to get my bearings and then I can kind of move forward. Anybody like that? Anybody like to know kind of what you're walking into before you step in there? Um, so last last Friday night, I actually thought I knew what I was walking into, but it was our volunteer appreciation bash. And so I come strutting in. Actually, I didn't strut. I just but I was I was walking in. <laughs> strutting in. I what's a strut? I don't know. So I'm walking in and I've got my Sunday best on, which is jeans and boots. You know, that's what I and but I'm quickly I'm met at the door by uh, women in long black dresses. 
Our whole staff is there. I must have missed a memo or something. It's, the whole theme of the night was the Oscars. And so Aaron, my son-in-law, is in a tux and everybody's looking at me funny. You know, you had that, you're just not, and it's, and I'm trying to go, what is going, did I miss something? What is, and I'm just in that awkward, weird space. I'm talking with James Albright for a little bit and, hey man, trying to do small talk, but I'm looking at everybody realizing I'm totally not dressed right. I leaned over to Kim and I said, I'm supposed to speak at the end of this thing for just a little bit. Should I go home and get a jacket and slacks? And she's like, yeah, you need to just drive home, <laughs> get a jacket and slacks. And so that, that's a light kind of example of when you don't know what's happening and, you know. But there's other times where it's, it's kind of bigger and it's more important. It's, it's, it's a bigger thing than you just didn't wear the right clothes. But it's like, I don't know what's happening here, you know, and it's disorienting sometimes because of the background that we grew up, maybe the church that we grew up in, you know, different things that are maybe supernatural or an expectation of supernatural. And it's not just the church we grew up in. It's the worldview that we have in the West. You know, since the Enlightenment, everything's kind of scientific, rationalistic, you know, that, that kind of thing. I need to be able to touch it, taste it, do a scientific experiment to prove that it's true or it doesn't exist. Right? Anybody ever know what I'm talking about? So there's this, there's this, uh, it's like we have glasses on. It's a, it's glasses that we put on and we can't really see. And especially when it has to do with God or what God's doing in the world, sometimes our glasses that we grew up with, the enlightenment, especially those kinds of, Things that, I mean, Jesus didn't have an enlightenment worldview, right? I mean, nobody was going, hey, that demon you cast out of that guy, that wasn't really a demon, that was a psychosomatic illness, and they just kind of ah, shrieked and said, you're the son of God. <laughs> Work with me, I'm just coming up, trying to come up with some illustrations. So, so there's, there's, there's something happening, and it's, for us, it's like glasses that we need to take off these thick Coke bottle glasses that can't, they don't allow us to see real good and put those things down and put on a, a lens of seeing through the eyes of Jesus. And when we do that, things we couldn't believe before suddenly become, wow, why have I not always believed this? I mean, our view of reality right now is, is, is different than it was a few hundred years ago. At the end of the 1800s, there was a guy named Lewis Maxwell Clark and he was a scientist. And he discovered, uh, he came up with, uh, discovered electromagnetic theory and how things were related, but he, he believed in God. He was a Trinitarian. He, he, and, and it was from, he launched from Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as one God, but with three distinct persons. And that enabled him to start thinking about how atoms function, that there's an atom with a nucleus and a proton and electrons. That's one, even though there's distinction within that atom. This makes sense. And so that, that there's something deeper about our reality and it has to do with relationships of things and beings to one another. Guess who built on that theory and kind of took it to the whole next level? Guy by the name of Albert Einstein. So he comes up, he looks at that, he looks at Max, Maxwell Clark's work, Clark Maxwell's work, and, and he comes up eventually with the theory of relativity. Energy equals mass times the speed of light squared, right? And so that, and the idea behind that is that everything is related and we have an impact 
on one another through our relations. And things have an impact through their relations to one another. Now the big point here is that, wow, we didn't used to think that way. We thought Newtonian physics was you could just observe everything and that's the way it was. Einstein comes along and changes everything. Quantum theory, theory of relativity. There's the interrelated connection of all things to everything. That's kind of, it's just, it's a mind and like people did not think that way. Reality has changed. What people believed has now changed. And my point here is that this happens in our spiritual journey along the way. You know, it could be like, I don't see spiritual gifts, you know, and yet God wants us to have spiritual gifts working in our lives so that we can be the church that builds one another up and walks into the fullness of our calling and destiny. So th there's just a journey there for us. We get into different situations where we are stretched to believe and to overcome doubts. That's what's going on with these disciples here. And to be clear about who the Lord is and what He is doing on planet Earth, that's what we want to do. That's why this commission is so critically important for us as a people. You know, we go to this thing over and over and over again because it's like, uh, it's like I forget when I'm writing sermons that this little thing I'm doing here in just a second called the main thing. The reason I do that, it's for you guys, but it's also for me. I'll get in the middle of a point and I'll go, uh, what am I trying to do again? And I'll scroll back up on the thing. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Does that make sense? So the commission is one of those places in the Bible where you go, who are we? What are we trying to do again? Oh, yeah. Jesus has got all the authority and he's got a plan for us. He wants us to do some stuff. So that's what we're talking about today. Here's the main thing in a sentence that I just referred to. In the Great Commission, Jesus is calling us to, cl to clarity for our lives and mission as disciples. He's calling us to clarity. That's what's happening here today. Great Commission clarity. When we ask the questions, can we do this? What's life about? Where are we going? Great Commission clarity. He wants us to have clarity. Number one, first of all, about his authority, about his authority. Verse 18. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. OK, when Jesus says this, it's really important that we understand the connection between humanity and authority. Can we just say that together, humanity and authority. And let's also say all authorities given to Jesus. Let's just say all authority. Wow. You know, so that's that's a big deal. And it goes all the way back to creation. Adam and Eve, God actually intended for us to have some authority, to have his authority and to function in that authority on the earth. So he wanted us to express his reign on the earth. Genesis 1:27, God creates uh, man in his image, male and female. He created them. The second verse there right after that is, and he gave them, uh, he said, let them rule over the birds of the air the fish of the sea, and all the things that are on the earth. So we're kind of at the top of the, the food chain there, and God wants to reign and rule through us. It's not that we go around telling everybody what to do. That's what happens in the fall. That's the perverted, jacked up version. I don't say jacked up. Uh, the messed up version of, of, of that. So, uh, so, so the fall happens. Adam and Eve, they're given image. They're, 
dominion over the earth, given the life, called to multiply that life on the earth, but they give up those things in the fall. God says, don't eat from this tree. And they eat from the tree, the tree of the knowledge of the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And on that day, they lose those things they were given. They lose that image. They lose that life. They lose that authority on the earth and the capacity to multiply God's life on the earth. So that's what's missing there. So Jesus comes. Jesus Christ's coming is the coming and the reinstituting of all of those things that were lost in the fall in humanity now. So he comes as the image of God. He brings the reign of God. He brings the life of God. He brings through the Spirit the capacity to multiply that life all over the earth. And this authority piece is huge. And the way Jesus enacts this authority is He comes fully God and fully man, but He empties Himself of His divine prerogative to live as God and instead lives a dependent life on the Father. Everybody tracking with me? So He only does what He sees the Father doing. He only speaks what He hears the Father saying. And in doing that, He is expressing the reign, the authority, the rule of the Father through the Son in the power of the Spirit. They track him. So this is God's authority working through Jesus. And in doing that, living the sinless life, He reconstitutes man's authority. He dies. He's buried, but He's raised by the power of God on the third day. And in doing so, He's now able to say, all authority is given to me. See, we, we really did give that up. In the temptation, the devil's trying to tempt him. I'm going to give you authority. You know, Jesus isn't arguing back. You don't have the authority. He, but he knows what he's going to do. He's going to take it back on behalf of humanity. The, the first Adam gives it away. The second Adam comes and grabs it and wins it back. And so as we trust and submit and order our lives according to Jesus, who has all authority, guess what? we get to express that authority in our lives. I want to change the world. Anybody want to change the world? Well, I, I can't change maybe everything in Russia or Southeast Asia or, you know, whoa, that blows my mind. There's something going on in Australia that God needs to move in right now, but I, I don't know what to do. It's overwhelming. But you know what I can do? I can express God's authority in the place where I have a say-so. Just every place where we have a say-so. We want to express what God wants. What is Jesus? What are you doing? You have all authority in as much as I can in my mind, thinking, heart, soul, marriage, job, school, whatever's going on. I want to express the reign of God there. It's the gospel of the kingdom that we believe in. The gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached like there's a God who reigns. Jesus Christ is King and Lord. And we preach this to all nations and then the end will come. Now, this is a big deal. When you think about the commission, it's it's huge that he sets it up this way. We don't like the word authority. Can we just admit it? Who, who, who like, I, man, I love authority. That's my favorite word ever. No, we have commercials that say, eh, it's my little way of sticking it to the, to the man. There's, there's a man out there somewhere and he's in charge. And just that's more kind of way our culture thinks about it, right? Just uh, all I could think of was, an old Neil Young song. But none of y'all know that song over here. I literally had somebody after first service go, just say the words to me. I was like, all I know is cinnamon girl. I didn't know all the words. 
but it just seems like a 60s bandanas and I don't know. Just work with me. So, so we don't like the word and we're tempted to push against it, but we're also tempted. Here's another temptation about authority, and that is that we're tempted to abdicate. So it's not just we're against it. Sometimes we're tempted to just go, you know, I think I'm going to just I'm going to just I'm going to just back out. You know, and when we give up that space, God has us in a space, whether it's city council or our job, whatever our job is, there's places and spaces where he wants us to stand there and not abdicate, but to represent the reign of God right there. You know, so, I mean, even Adam with Eve, she's interacting with Satan there in the, in the garden and he's just standing there. It says, then she turned to him. Well, that's some abdication. Because God said, don't do that. Don't, don't eat from that tree. And he's just kind of standing there. She turns to him. That's abdicating. And I would say that's even a temptation, especially for guys, is to not respond to Jesus in the spheres of authority where he's given us to function. Does that make sense? Just a kind of a special little temptation for guys. But that's not the only one. Sometimes we're tempted to reach beyond God's given us this space and we're tempted to reach beyond it and go, I don't, this isn't enough for me. I want to step over here into your space. You know, and that's another temptation. And if you want to grow, if, you, if you've got a vision for more, change in the world, whatever, the way we grow is to do what Jesus tells us in the places where we do have a say-so. And guess what? You will be given more, period. You will be given more as you say yes and express the reign of God in the places where you have a say-so. That is, it's just so huge. So we need to have clarity about this, that, that Jesus has all authority and He wants to express His authority through us. So that's the first piece. Make sense? I feel almost like I want to do question and answer or something, but I, I'm not going to do that. Second piece. Jesus wants us to have clarity, not only about His authority, but about our peace in responding to Him is our commission, our commission, about our commission, verses 19 and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Okay, I'm going to stop there and pick up that last phrase on the third point. But just so about our commission, we want to have clarity because life is filled with choices, distractions, ditches that we can fall into. And it's, it's as we walk with Jesus, participating, it doesn't mean that you're a full-time missionary or you'd leave here, you know, it's just, but we are participating with Him in what He's about on the earth. That's what we want to be. No matter what our vocation is, what we do seven days a week, you know, so when He says, therefore, go, it doesn't mean, okay, everybody leave Fort Worth. It means, it's a participle, as you go, through your lives as students, as you're going back, here's some coaching for, the, especially our students. I mean, some of you guys are going back home, you know, for the summer. And as you go, as you go, and then as you come back, as you go while your students, TCU, graduate school, whatever, in our workplaces here, as you go, as you go through your, your life, I've got some things I want you to do. Make disciples. 
Make disciples. And make disciples is really the overarching piece of this whole thing. All of these others fit in under that main declaration there. Make disciples of all nations, of all the different ethnic groups. That's what that ethnos is what the word is there, not just geopolitical where the boundaries of it's it's people groups. You know, the, the, the geopolitical lines don't always land where the ethnic groups are. And that leads to conflict in the world sometimes. That's a whole other kind of point. But uh, does that make sense? Yes, maybe, sort of. Um, so the thing is, and I love this about disciples, and we have wrestled with this. We've been going 24 years, and we've wrestled with it for 24 years. Because gravity kind of... In, in the West, in the, in the church in the West, gravity is just, hey, if we can just, fo- we're focused on heaven. And so if we can just get people to pray the prayer or, or be baptized, we've had seven baptisms in the last two weeks. That's awesome. But, you know, it, but, it, and that's a, that's a start. It's a part of the journey. But crossing the line, getting going on the journey is, is a critical part. It's just not the end. Jesus says, make disciples. Make disciples. And so, this is, a, this is a huge piece. We want to be disciples. And if you, once you believe this and you're in on the Great Commission, then it's an ongoing... I mean, we are here because down through the ages, down through the last 2,000 years, somebody's been making some disciples along the way. And here we are picking up the baton you know, and taking our little piece and passing that baton to different people along the way, right? So we're in on this thing. Make disciples. And uh, just absolutely... Huge. Um, think about here's some coaching as we go into the summer. Uh, discipleship, evangelism. There's opportunities for all of us because every, a lot of us will be here all summer. Some of us will be doing some traveling mission trips. We've got 125 people doing mission trips, I think, this summer, this year. And so all of that's exciting. And, and I'm encouraged. But we also need to remember, hey, we've got things that we're doing along the way. Even if you're just doing a vacation with your family, I want to encourage you, be intentional with the little guys. Make disciples. You are the main discipler, mom and dad. You're their main, main discipler. You know, just, and and somewhere along the line, we would do these uh, uh, camping trips to uh, Garner State Park for years and years, 20 years probably, did, did these trips and and first couple times, we didn't stay engaged in our spiritual disciplines while we were there because it was vacation. Hey, woo! you know, going to take a vacation from God. Bad idea. Took us as many weeks to recover from our vacation from God and practices and things. So we just said, hey, we're going to start doing our quiet times and spending family time at the table on our vacation. You know, and that's a great discipleship thing. In fact, we found that a lot of times we would get even more time. We could sit around the table and do longer you know, kinds of times of talking about God and stuff. And it was just relaxed and got the bacon griddle thing there and bring our coffee maker, a little fridge. This is camping light. You do it in the shelter, screen shelter. <laughs> but uh, but, but it, good, you know, and life changing. And so just I pray that everybody has stories this summer. As we go into the summer, you've got stories for your family, stories of what you're doing, being intentional. Um, we had a mission trip just just a couple months ago, and we were in Baton Rouge, and Mary Livesey uh, just had a great story. They'd been praying for, uh, they saw some girls, it's kind of, they had a picture of some girls they were supposed to pray for and, and reach out to, and they ran into three swimmers. They were on the LSU campus down in Baton Rouge, 
and goo tigers. Uh, and uh, actually, they're not a rival, so it's not a big deal here, right? Um, so they're with LSU and uh, and three swimmers and a cross country girl, and they were t- together as a group. They were not open at all to prayer. But so, so Mary said, Lord, would you just open a door tomorrow? Let me run into one of those girls and be able to pray with her. And sure enough, they ran into, I don't know what is a swimmer or the cross-country girl, but it was totally different the next day. She got to pray with her, pray for healing about some stuff, and it was just a great, great time. And so all I'm doing is just encouraging us in intentionality to make disciples as we're going, make disciples, teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. So I want to just make a point here. I'll come back to baptism. But just, you know, the Lord is calling us to obedience-based discipleship. Another word that we just love. Don't you just, don't you just love that word, obedience? And uh, so we got authority. we got obedience all in the same message today. You guys are just loving this, right? And lots of elbows going around. But uh, obedience. So the Lord calls us not just to, hey, we're, I'm, I believe in Jesus. You know, but to respond to him, you know, and to live a life where we're saying, Lord, what do you want us to do? And we want to respond to you. I can't tell you. And and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, how many thousands of times as a church, as leadership in the church here, we've prayed, Jesus, you are the head of the church. Lead us. Show us what to do. Show us how to respond to you in this time. Give us courage to respond boldly, you know, with obedience. So that's a that's a huge thing. That's that's why we try to do discipleship the way we do it. This, a lot of discovery Bible study. Read a passage. What does this say about God? What does this say about me or us or people? What does this have in here for me to obey? And who can I share this with? Just basic discipleship stuff. Obedience based discipleship. The last piece I want to touch on there is baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And yes. It's it's start the journey. And there's just something, though, if you watch baptisms and may you never watch them the same again, we cheer, we go bonkers, you know, and, and rightly so. Somebody's starting the journey, but it's not just about their start. It's about our continuing. So you sit, it's like you go to a wedding, you know, and you're watching these. They're in love. They're just goo, goo and, and just, just, you know, it's real. And. But if you're sitting in the audience, I'm just I'm casting vision for you. If you're sitting in the audience and you're married, then you, you're like you're interacting with your spouse. You're watching these people, but it's you're you're squeezing hands and you're you know that's all you're doing. <laughs> uh, but but there's like you're emotionally connecting, and because you're it's 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 inspiring you. It's what's happening there. You're remembering that. But it's who you are now. It's because our, and I know you guys are made fun of me about this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Because marriage is up and to the right. <laughs> I'm going to just be bold. I'm free. Mar- it's, it's, we are called for marriage. It's, it's long term. There's some bumps along the way, but the long term calling is further in, higher up, deeper, more love, because it's Christ in the church, right? So baptism is like that. It's this initiation that like getting the journey started, you know, it's that it's that peace. But there's so much more going on than that. Everybody tracking with me? We are being immersed into the triune presence of God. Like and so the church like we're working on this, you guys, but we're just 
the beginning of the beginning of the beginning of the beginning. God wants to baptize us, immerse us into His heart for love as the relational God of love, as the relational God of mission, of the other-centered, agape-oriented, laying down His life, the cross is the tip of the fullness of understanding this, that God would die for His enemies. You know, all of this, we want to just, we want to see that and be immersed into the Father's love for the Son and the power of the Spirit just more and more and more and more. And that God is not some omni, unknowable, we can't come up with deeper stuff than what God reveals about Himself in Jesus Christ. And I just, I, I, if I could just pour this into people's hearts because we are so influenced by Greek philosophy that we go, yeah, the revelation of Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah, but He's like this. He's these other things too. It's in this dark, unknowable other. And God has said, Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. He's the radiance of the glory of God. He's the last word. He's the final word. And in Him, we see Him talking about His relationship with the Father. Father, I want them to see this glory, this love that You've had for me since before time began, from all eternity. I want them brought into that. Okay, so it's huge. Our commission is a going, making disciples, baptized into the presence of the triune God, obeying all the things that Jesus has commanded us. And, and I'll leave, leave you with this on this. Uh, what is he, the main thing He's commanded us to do is is to love. Love God. Love one another. Okay, and the last thing. He wants us to have clarity about our commission and about His presence. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And the point here, everybody, is that we want to see that God's with us. He's with us. He's God with us. I've got all these Scriptures that I, I go over in my heart and mind that are part of my life. That Christ in you is the hope of glory. I, I want that in my soul. Christ in you. I want John 14.20 in my soul. On that day when the Holy Spirit comes, you will recognize, you will realize that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. Because it says so much about us his presence so let me wrap this up what do you want to be a part of what do you want to do do you want to help change the world do you want to move past the doubts the uncertainties into all that god has for us i remember uh, being 28 years old and i had a midlife crisis not the crisis where you like open your shirt collar more and get gold chains and in a in a harley but a midlife crisis of my midlife crisis. I saw myself at 40 and my mentors at that time were the things they were arguing about and having to just deal with, you know, it was like, do we going to use hymn books? Are we going to use back then they had transparencies, transparency. It's before they had these data projectors and somebody would stand up at the front and they had these little things that shined a light and they would flip these things and they'd have to stand up there in front of everybody kind of worshiping, you know, it was really awkward and, and they, but they would flip this. And I was like, do I want to have these arguments ongoing, hymn books, transparencies? Wow, midlife crisis. Another one was, can, you, can we lift our hands or not in worship? Can we be demonstrative? Is it going to be just super duper weird if I kneel in worship? 
you know, just these different, if I dance or if I shout, if I do these like biblical kinds of things that are there as expressions of worship. And I was like, you know what? I know that I'm always going to be fighting battles, different kinds of things, pressing forward, trying to trying to share the gospel and those kind of things. But I want to do it about things that matter. You know, and this this matters us. I was driving here this morning. I love Christ Fellowship. I love Christ Fellowship. I love it because, you know, that we get to be a part of it. After all these years, I just I love getting to be a part of, you know, making a difference with our lives. Uh, at the there's so there's so many just uh, there's so many parts of life. I'm going to go just a little bit long today. I'm sorry, but I'm just I need to I want to finish with just a couple of stories. And uh, there's so many parts of life where we don't get closure, where we're just it's I just didn't get to in ministries like that. It can really be like that. Yeah, you know, that marriage thing, it's still going on. Yeah, you know, that that situation, it's emotional, it's, it's hard, it's difficult. And, light, and so I love to mow my yard. I love to mow my yard and I stand in the garage door when it's all done and I look at it and I go, yeah. Because it's done. And so much of life isn't like that. The older you get, the more you'll understand this. But Thursday night, we got to do that. CFDS graduated. They had a graduation. And it was just like standing there going, you guys are awesome. You know, it was a period on the sentence of, you know, nine, nine months of our lives together. Listen to one of the more mature women in the room go, I've been walking with Jesus for a long time. And this last nine months is the most intense period of growth I've ever had in my life. One of the, one of the young, younger uh, girls uh, stood up and said, hey, you know, the thing I love about this is that we're all at different places. But and we're hearing the same things coming at us. And yet we're all able to grow together because everybody still needs to hear, have your mind renewed, lay down your life, consecrate your life, go the way of the cross, learn consecration over and over and over, learn to worship, pray, care for each other, you know, be disciples that make disciples that make disciples. We all need to hear that stuff. So, you know, I'm just I'm wanting to encourage us that this commission, you guys, that the Lord has called us to as a church as His people, no matter where we're at, is a commission that He wants to see fulfilled through our lives. It's going to be expressed in lots of different ways, but He is calling us to this great commission. Lord, help us as we move forward, not just into the summer, but into all that God has for us. Amen? Amen. Okay, y'all stand up. Just let's, we're going to take five minutes here. Respond to the Lord. And this is a clarity call today. As the worship team comes up, the ministry team's also coming up. We do this at the end of each service, just, a, just to respond to the Lord. And what I specifically believe the Lord's calling us to is clarity. Clarity about who we are and where we're going. So a lot of us need prayer in that very area. Who are we and where are we going? And Jesus gives us great help right here, realigning us to Him and to His purpose on the earth. So Father, would You just meet us today? Would You help us and give us grace as we press into You. In Jesus' name, Amen. So here's the call. If you need clarity about where you're at and moving forward, come get prayer. If you need clarity about discipleship, am I a disciple? You know, And being clear about it. It's very important to be clear about that. Or what He's calling you to do. Just come get prayer. Get prayer from somebody around you close. Somebody you came with. But Father, just meet us in this time. I pray that You're 
your healing and clarity would happen today about who you've called us to be and what you're calling us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. And hey, if you need prayer about anything else as well, if you need to receive the Lord, just need prayer for healing, any of those kinds of things, come. Take advantage of this time. It's such an important time. Amen.